Well, good morning or good afternoon, everybody. It's Rich Big Daddy Salgado, and I'll tell you, uh, I always promise uh, all the viewers and listeners that I'm going to bring the best of the best, and uh, this next guest does not even need an introduction, but I'm going to introduce him the way Big Daddy knows how to, uh, because for several reasons, this guy's the guy that got me involved getting in front of a microphone with radio and and oh, we have a lot of stories to tell, but uh, without further ado, my man, Scott Farrell. What's up, Scotty boy? <laughs> Big Daddy, my man. Uh, you, you finally dragged me into the studio uh, to do the show, but for a grim reason, the Grim Reaper. Uh, but I love you, and you know I'd do anything for you, and you and I go way back. Great friends uh, in life and in broadcasting and in sports and in New York and in eating and drinking and partying <laughs> and weddings and divorces and women and gambling and I mean, what haven't we done? Partying, uh, dunking, swimming, stealing, lying, cheating. That's from my end. <laughs> I I think you just you summed up our whole story right there in all those words. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's funny how I recall when we first met. You know, we'd met through one of your former employees, and uh, you know, you were working at the Howard Stern channels, and you had that kick-ass show every night. You know, Monday through Fridays, and, right? Uh, and here I was, I was brought into this whole new element. <laughs> and just uh, being there the first couple of times, I was like, wow, this is really a different look, outlook on things. And uh, the uh, how we uh, or how you, uh, let's say, uh, commingled the sports and everything else in between from A to Z was, uh, you know, was incredible to watch and listen you know, I remember, listen, uh, I don't remember much, Big Daddy. I have early for Alzheimer's, but I have uh, great fond memories of you being in the studio every week at Howard Stern. And I mean, uh, it just was the funniest stuff ever. Like the laughing that went on, like it was like people having shifting bowels. I mean, we were laughing so hard uh, and doing so many stupid things and making fun of so many people. And you were bringing in a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, A-list celeb athletes. And uh, it just became this gigantic thing. I mean, in studio was incredible. When you went to like events, it was even better, like the Pro Bowls in Hawaii, I remember. Uh, one of my favorite shows you ever did was when you were at the Pro Bowl in Hawaii at the pool and every single player you put on was hammered all drinking eyes <laughs> at the pool. And I mean, as the show went on, they got sloppier and worse by the guests, uh, but they were all so hilarious because they were all hammered and they were falling in the pool. Everybody was drunk. Everybody was eating pig. Uh, it was a gigantic luau that the NFL had. And I just remember, I mean, everyone, every single superstar, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, they all came on the show because of you. I had never seen anybody in my life in uh, 38 years of broadcasting that has more juice than you with these uh, players, whether it's the uh, you know NFL, the NHL, et cetera, and just the, you know, the business coastal advisors, what you do for people's uh, you know, bottom line, estates, money, careers, advice, uh, being there for them, being loyal, uh, being like more of a friend than a business associate. I always thought you were uh, incredible how you had these connections with these guys and like bonding. I'll never forget you brought Stray, uh, Strahan to do a pilot of a TV show with me in the city by the garden one day and we sat at a restaurant now you got to remember, this guy's making you know twenty million a pop doing TV shows. He's got a schedule from hell, and meanwhile he took the time out of his hectic life, and he sat there with us for four hours, shoving food in his face and taping the show. And he probably would have rather been in federal prison than doing it, but he did it for you because you have that kind of juice. And I mean, all that stuff's just super fun memories for me. And I made a million friends out of it from 
Stray to Top to you name it, Glazer and I, everyone that you introduce you, Joe Buck, it goes on and on. Uh, PK Subban, uh, one after the next. Fighters, boxers, MMA guys, NFL guys, uh, NHL guys. Now, I've been in the league for a long time, but, um, you know, I, they all knew me as an announcer and a funny guy, but uh, you've made me a lot of friends. So uh, you and I have that kind of relationship. Absolutely. And, and you know, I always have a, a fond, you know, my fondest memories were the one time when we brought uh, – Remember Thomas Dimitrov and, uh, and Nick Pope to the set. <laughs> that had to be one of the most. I think that was the first time you ever had an NFL GM in studio. And uh, and we kept telling everybody that, no, Nick Pope was the vice president, and that's the reason we're here, and da 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 da, da. And I'll tell you, the response they got back in Atlanta was hilarious because – you know, and 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 the one thing that I, I that I always laugh about still is you have these relationships because I mean, like one day I get a phone call and Thomas Dimitrov's like, "Yeah, Big Daddy, did you hear the show last night?" And I was like, "No, I was actually whatever." He's like, "Yeah, I did Scott's show," and I'm like, "Of course you did. You don't need me to go through to you don't have to go through me to get the Scott. You guys are boys, man. You do what you need to do, and you know, and Doug Hendrickson, and you know, it goes on. Oh God. And Doug is one of my closest friends in the agent business. He's a client as well, you know, just like you are. And Dougie uh, Fresh, and Dougie Fresh is the man, and uh, I have utmost love and respect for that agent. And he's he's not an agent; he's my boy. You know what I mean? I mean, so, honestly, he could he be any cooler? Like this guy is so cool. I mean, he's Fonzie cool. I mean, what a guy! And over the years, it's so funny. All those, you know, friendships that you started for me like i mean doug has been on the show a hundred times thomas has been on the show a hundred times you know it's weird um when thomas finally you know uh left the falcons or whatever you know i had a long talk with him one day uh our relationship went beyond just doing shows you know mm -hmm. he called me up and we had a heart to heart about, you know, what I thought of his talents uh, outside of being a brilliant GM. I thought he could be a, a super talent on TV and radio talking about the business. And, you know, much like you dabble in everything, like running guys careers, you also do a ton of TV, a ton of radio, podcasts. Uh, you're a lover. You're a connoisseur of food. Uh, you know how to throw parties. I he could do he could do anything in life uh, and do it well. I told him, you know, I would do anything for him. Uh, get him a, a gig in television. I thought he'd be great on uh, TV. You know, hammering teams about what mistakes they're making with caps and players and contracts and. You know, they don't have a lot of uh, GMs that do that. There's a couple, but I thought he would have been fantastic at it. So, in essence, my relationship with you, it exceeded going on the air. It became, uh, you know, friendships where we would go to, like, dinner, uh, City Lobster with bibs on, sucking yeah. down lobsters <laughs> and beers, uh, talking bad about people. That was mostly for me. You guys never talk bad about anybody, but I do, and I'm good at it. And so I would make everyone at the table laugh. And uh, you just introduced Ray Anderson. He introduced me to so many important people. Uh, our boy, uh, Roger Saffold and his dad. Roger yeah. had a, a brilliant career. Brilliant career. I don't think I would have ever met friends uh, like I have uh, because you're uh, that special of a person. You, you introduce your friends to me and then they become my friends. And then it's just the craziest bond that we've all uh, developed over the years because of you. Well, you know what? I, listen, I'm always grateful, and e meeting you was a great thrill for me. And I, and and it was funny at the same time because at the in the beginning I was like, well, yeah, I do have serious, but I never really listened to radio at night. And then all of a sudden, here I was, uh, you know, listening to you. And then all of a sudden, here I am in studio where we were doing that Big Daddy uh, Big Daddy Wednesdays and. You know, we would have uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald call in, Ted Nolan, uh, Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, it was like a whole 
who's who? And everybody's like, Big Daddy, what? Like, and at first, I never warned anybody that it was serious. Right. So, you know, all of a sudden, well, what the fuck? And this and that. Oh, wait a minute. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, Big Daddy, he, he just say what I thought. He, yeah, he did. He did. He didn't stutter. Yes, this is a... Uh, this is not. Uh, there's no rating. There's it's triple X here. So right. whatever comes out comes out, and and then you had guys that would not normally curse. All of a sudden, they start cursing back. The best one was you and Teddy Nolan because he really got into it. Right, and we were going back and forth. And both of you were cursing, and it was like we're sitting there, like just laughing. I, I don't even want to interrupt. I just want to sit there and. <laughs> And keep laughing and listening to you. And then, uh, you know, the next day he tells me, he goes, wow, Big Daddy, that show's pretty intense. Yeah. And there's no hold bar, man. They just let it rip. And uh, what happens, happens. And what comes out, comes out. Well, you so, know, they, they never let me uh, do that again, right? Like, so I left there after eight years. I did Howard forever. It was great. I, it was the best job I've ever had, bar none. But, like, uh, you know, I've told you this before, like I, the writing was on the wall for me. I had, you know, Howard's agent was my agent at the time. And uh, it, it all kind of came together because of that, right? In short. And then, you know, after like eight years, I think Howard wanted to change the channels a lot about more about him and less about all these one hour specials and less about, you know, uh, that kind of thing, comedy and miserable men and, and, you know, King of All Blacks and, all these different shows that they did. I can't even remember all of them. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that like, you know, they asked me to, um, you know, talk to other people at the network, you know, other big channels about uh, the feasibility of moving me. And when that kind of started, I, I, the writing was on the wall for me that it was time to move on. And I was right uh, because in not so many words, is it wasn't gonna last. And I didn't think it should have either. I, I always wondered what I was doing on his channels. It was like a miracle for me because, um, you know, he's not a sports fan, Howard. And when he says he is, he's lying. He doesn't care about sports at all. Uh, he'll go to a Nick game for a, a couple quarters to be seen, I think. And, yeah. uh, you know, but the bottom line is, is that uh, I would have never left there because it was like the coolest gig ever. Like I got away with murder. And it was so much fun. And I remember uh, guys like Spagnola, et cetera, uh, would, you know, go on and, and they would be so stunned at what was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> they would just like the reactions were so great because uh, they were scared to death that it was going to like come back to haunt them or get them in trouble or whatever. So I ended up going back to uh, CBS and I did eight years there. And then now I'm at, you know, uh, sports grid with FanDuel and doing sports betting television and national radio. It's funny, I'm back on Sirius again now on channel 204. We have a dedicated channel sports grid and I'm back on there, but I've never been able to be uh, who I was on a Howard 101. Like that was the greatest freedoms and, uh, you know, the greatest content and the funniest shows and no rules, no laws, no limits, no love loss radio that I ever uh, got to do or have ever done. And so when I went back to CBS and when I went to Sports Grid, I gotta be honest, it sucks. Because like I like doing the shows, but they're just not as good <laughs> as that show. Nothing is ever compared uh, like to that first lover, Big Daddy. You know what I mean? Like that first lover is the one, everything else fails in comparison. I miss doing the show with you. I miss Wednesday nights with Big Daddy. I miss going out and shoving food in our face and then going and doing the show, at, you know, half in the bag. And I miss my bosses telling me, uh, you should get drunker when you do the show because the show's funnier. <laughs> uh, I don't have bosses like that anymore. Wow. I have to do clean, like, family sports television, clean family sports radio, rated G. And I got to tell you, it's really uh, terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's like going from that to that sucks. It's like going to federal prison. But I'll tell you, the one thing, it was funny, like when you mentioned me going to Pro Bowls and whatnot, I remember when the uh, the Pro Bowl the one year got switched to Miami, and uh, I'm sitting at the Clevelander, and uh, my boy says to me, hey, where are you going? 
uh, I got to go make a phone call because I got to call into my boys' radio show. And I was grabbing guys <laughs> by the Clevelander. And I think Aaron Rodgers was one of them. Yeah. Like, hey, Aaron. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, uh, the, you know where I got you, Aaron Rodgers? I was at the uh, the races in San Diego. The uh, Not the Preakness. Not the, the Breeders' Cup. No, not the Breeders' Cup. It's the one. It's a big one. And I'm sitting there, and I'm with five quarterbacks. So I don't really know the other ones, but, uh, you know, Aaron, I do know. So I remember I put Aaron on the phone with you, and he was like, Big Daddy, really? It's Scott Farrell. I'm like, yeah, it's Scott Farrell here. <laughs> Boom. And you guys are going, going, on, going on for about a 20-minute conversation. And I'm like, well, all right, he got enough of him. So, um uh, but yeah, those are fond memories that I have of those. Uh, but like I said, the Clevelander was one of the funnest because I was basically I was shuttling guys like as they were walking out. I'm like, hey, Grandma Big Daddy, what do you want? Hey, talk to my boy. We're on a radio show right now, and you can say whatever you want, curse, do whatever. Hey <laughs> guys, were just jumping on. I was like, oh my god, this is like uh, I remember from my book. <laughs> I remember going to your uh, golf tournament in Long Island, and uh, one of my favorite memories was uh, a crime dog. Uh, I'm sitting on the driving range with Fred McGriff, and Fred's like a big fan of the show. He won't admit that publicly. Like 95 percent of the other athletes that won't admit that they're friends with me. Uh, they don't even know me when when they're around anything that matters. They don't know me. But when they come on the show, they have a blast. And I mean to tell you, Fred McGriff on the on the tee box at the driving range at uh, Ohika going live on the radio from there with that guy and him telling me baseball stories and talking about life and talking about being a fan of mine. Like, so that's really flattering and humbling to me that all these athletes love the show and uh, have enjoyed laughing to the stuff I do on the air. I never, um, you know, expected any of that. Uh, I just never thought I mattered that much. I thought the uh, show was cool and I thought I was an idiot and it was funny. And I, I tried to make people laugh and have fun and enjoy like a couple hours of their day. I was always striving to make people, uh, let, you know, listen longer than normal. Like, you know, in the business, it's kind of a half hour Jimmy where people drive to work and listen to the radio and then they drive home and listen to it. I wanted them to listen for four hours. I wanted them to like be like Jones and for the show, uh, every day, Monday through Friday that they would, uh, you know, break records for how long that uh, my ratings were indicative of that, of people like, you know, Howard and I had that ability to uh, keep an audience for uh, the length of the show. And that's when, I guess, I mean, in not so many words, that kind of makes you a badass when you can make them uh, stay for four hours. And I was able to do that. And it was because of, um, you know, friends like you and all your connections and all those players. And then they had so much fun doing the show. And then, you know, those relationships grew from there. And so it's just been kind of cool for me. And uh, what an experience, you know, I can always say it's weird. Cause like my kids will, I'll be driving them with their friends to something or whatever. And these kids ask me, do you know this guy? Do you know that guy? Do you know this guy? Do you know that guy? And really because of you, uh, you know, I used to get a lot of athletes on the show, like whatever, like any sports radio show, but it was different with you because they became like friends instead of guests. And yeah. then it was always the Letterman effect with Big Daddy. Uh, as you know, he was my hero and uh, going on Letterman twice for me was better than sex. And um, the, the way he would invite people back was if he liked you. And, uh, you know, Howard and, and others, Marv Albert, they go on there multiple times over the years. I went on a couple times and that was so exotic for me. And that's what I wanted for my audience. I wanted all of your friends to want to come back for more every year. And it, and it just turned out that way because of you, they all became so close and those uh, relationships, you know, that the reason we're on here today is Tom Rich, and he was the perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. The greatest guy I think you and I have ever met. Like, um, 
Tom was such an unbelievable genius and the the best agent ever. Like, I, and I think even Dougie Fresh would admit that he set the bar in the seventies and eighties for excellence extraordinaire. Like, really on a different level than they make them today, Big Daddy. I mean, yep, look at this. I mean, there he is, Le Magnifique. Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, come on. He represented Lemieux. I told 34C, my wife, I said, you know, she wanted to sleep with Mario. And uh, when I introduced her to Mario, I said, listen, Mario, do me a favor. We impregnate my wife and then I'll take it from there. And then he's like, you're crazy, dude. And I go, listen, I'm going to go into the locker room for like 20 minutes. You guys just go take care of business and then I'll just take it from there. Just whatever you do, uh, knock her up and then I'll be able to convert those loins into, you know, an ongoing cash stream for my family forever. Because he was my favorite player my whole life of any sport, Mario. Uh, the greatest athlete I ever saw perform on a day-to-day -day basis and coming back from cancer and everything else. But of course, his agent was Tom Rich and Tom only took the best. And I mean, it goes on and on. Joe Morgan, George Foster, all the Pirates, Dave Parker, Manny Sanguian, legends from the, you know, 71 and 79 World Series, those uh, bucko teams in Pittsburgh that matter back when they mattered. And, you know, he's a Pittsburgh guy. And I just thought he was so smart that when you introduced him to me and we became friends. Now, he was a fan of my show, obviously. And I didn't know that. Right. But I was a Pittsburgh kid. And to have that guy come into my life because of you, I'd have to say, Big Daddy, you know, beyond you, who I love till the day I die, uh, I'd say Tom was the greatest influence you've ever put in my life. Um, I mean that. Like, you know I told you one day that I wanted him to be my agent uh, yeah. because he was so smart and, and just incredible and crafty and, and a litigator and a negotiator. He always gave me advice when we went to dinner about how to negotiate deals without being my agent. He taught me all the tricks of how to... Uh, use leverage and things of this nature to your advantage. And we'd go to dinner and, and he would pound bottles of wine. And the more he drank, the smarter he got. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the more he drank, the more he got, uh, you know, clever with what he was teaching me. And I would sit there and eat steaks and listen to this guy. And then when he wasn't around, I would always tell you, how do I get that guy to represent me? Because he was older. You know, yeah. at the time you brought him into my life, I knew him when he was like uh, probably from, you know, I'd say 68 to till death. Right. Yeah. And uh, I wanted him to represent me, but he wasn't doing that anymore. Really. Yeah, he was and he would instead he would go to dinner with me and do my show in the studio and in breaks and at dinner. He would teach me how to basically run my career even without an agent. He's like. You can be your own agent. Here's what you need to do. I mean, those tips and those moments, honestly, Big Daddy, they were the most meaningful moments of my career. And when you, uh, you know, told me he died, oh, my God. I just, I almost barfed. I fell over. I hunched over in my house, and I, I got sick. I literally got sick to my stomach, and you know that's true. It yeah. made me so devastated. Uh, that we lost him the other day, that um, I'll never be the same without him. Like, it's a huge loss. Uh, it was like I lost my, you know, I lost my mom and dad. And it was like that. It was like losing a father for me. That's how much I, I thought of Tom. He was such an influence in my life and even later on in life because, right. um, you know, obviously living in Pittsburgh and, I got in, uh, I became friends with him and his nephew, Steve Rich, who was another guy that I love and was so influential in helping me get business going and getting me out there. A lot of people don't know this, but, uh, and I know you do, I started in hockey first. Being a football guy, here I was living in Pittsburgh, and that's when they were rolling, and, you know, I met Mario, and, and, I, I, the, the whole team knew who I was by the end of by the end of the second cup because I was going to so many games and I was going out to dinners with Mario and his agents Tom Steve and uh, you know Kevin Stevens and the entourage and right. it, was, it was great. Then I moved to New York and 
you know, I was still working with Tom and Steve, but then I got back into football. And I remember I tried to bring football to them, but uh, they kind of didn't really, they, 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 it didn't work. So Steve said, you know, there's another agent in town here and, and who happened to be my other mentor was Ralph Sindridge. Yep. And uh, I started working with Ralph and, uh, and between those two groups, I learned so much, especially how to keep your cool, how to not curse people out. How, you know, who I was, I had this bouncer mentality. You're going to need insurance, you know, like, or you're going to sign me this. You know, and it wasn't just like that. And uh, so, uh, so it was kind of funny, but I, I owe those two, those three people so much that I don't know if I could ever repay it back, but right. I, so many fond memories, especially, you know, Tom was uh, starting to come to New York quite often. And, and like you said, I used to say, Tom, you want to do Scott's show? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go eat. And then let's go. And then we'll go upstairs. So, you know, of course we went down to Del Frisco's we all broke bread and up we went. And, uh, you know, Tom would hang until midnight. You know, yeah. show, uh, that's the one thing that he always uh, enjoyed, and he enjoyed it because you were the host, and you guys, same bread, same backyard, same love for the Penguins. That's why I'm wearing this Penguins jersey, right? Uh, in honor of Tom, in honor of you. Uh, you know, uh, I got a nice picture back there of me and Lemieux that uh, we took when uh, Tom did his record deal. To make him like the highest paid guy ever, right? In the you know, um, you know what was that? Late nineties, early yeah, late nineties, and uh, and yes, a memorable, not, yeah, a memor a memorable, memorable evening, and uh, and uh, we can go on and on and on and on and talk about Tom all night long. I want to show you a couple pictures in here. I don't know how this whole thing works. I'm I'm not Mister Technology, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to see him. Well, first of all, let me say that. Tom was the greatest storyteller ever, uh, ever. I mean, if you want to hear, uh, he represented Doc Ellis. If you want to hear about Doc Ellis pitching a no-hitter on acid, there's only one guy uh, that you listen to this, because the stories of, of Ellis doing that have been, you know, butchered over the years. There was only one guy that could tell the real story, and it was Tom Rich. But I want to show you a couple things. First sure. of all, this is... Um, one of my favorite shots I have in my studio. This is of Yager. Let's see if you can see it. If I put it on there, that's that's actually a finger painting of Yager. Wow, that's a great that's a great great painting. Whew. That's great. This is one of the coolest things I have. Secondly, um, uh, the penguins mean more to me than my family, as you know. Uh, I love my wife and my children more than uh, life itself. But um, the penguins. Uh, are just, you know, that's that's a 56-year love affair, like a, a hot romance I got going with them. So I got the Stanley Cup. Here you go. I got the Stanley Cup there. Wow. And then uh, over here is my favorite one that I got because, you know, speaking of guys that won't admit that they're friends with me, here's Le Magnifique. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, even better, uh, signed by Tom and... By Tom and Mario, you see that uh, Tom Rich and Mario yep. signed it. And then uh, here he is busting a move on Kelly Rudy. And then uh, just for fun, here's the Howard Stern fight week. I used to host that on Howard 101. And then the, the last one I want to show you is one of my favorites. And I know this is one of Tom's favorites of all time. We used to talk about this till we were blue in the face. Hopefully you can see it. This is uh, Bill Mazeroski hitting the uh, bottom of the ninth inning walk-off home run to beat the Yankees in 1960. And it's signed by uh, Mazeroski. And I was given that by my father when um, he died. And uh, let's just say if you're you know, thinking about robbing me, it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> there you go. That that's the shot of Maserati. Oh wow! That big daddy. Yeah, I got Maserati. it. I see it. 
and how oh, great, great that, and this is the 1919 Black Sox scandal. And uh, like everything I have in my studio is really kind of, uh, you know, obviously great sports memorabilia, but a lot of it is about uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, there's no cooler person. Uh, well, first of all, Tom's the, the greatest guy ever, right? And uh, I knew Mario long before I knew Tom. And then we had a special relationship, Lemieux. And what was great about it was he was one of those guys that uh, he would never admit that he knew me. He would never admit that he knew me because uh, he was all business and he was all about, he was such a professional. He was very quiet and he was very reserved. You know that. And he was yeah. uh, always just like checking people out and wondering what was wrong with them. And he definitely had that face when he was around me. He would always look at me like, what in God's name is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, when I covered him on a day-to-day -day basis, you have to understand, I covered him from the day he was drafted until they won the Stanley Cups. And uh, the bond and friendship we made over the years, you got him uh, to call me on my birthday. That guy wouldn't do a radio interview if it hit him in the head. He wants nothing to do with anything, media, TV, only for his foundation, only for cancer charity, only for raising money for kids. That's what he does. He doesn't do funny shows. He doesn't do shock jock shows. He doesn't do appearances like that. But he would always come on my show, and it was because of you and because of Tom. And um, literally, I'm not even kidding. I, you know, he knows I offered him up to my wife. I'm like, just, you know, please get her pregnant for me. That's all I need, <laughs> and then we'll be good from here. Uh, but it, I became friends with all those guys, Yager, everyone, uh, the old 2-9er, Phil Bork, every great penguin uh, that, uh, you know, Stevens you talk about. All of them. Paul Coffey. I used to drag race with Paul Coffey. I mean, Tom represented all the players that mattered in Pittsburgh sports history. Yeah. Every one of them. Every player that ever mattered in Pittsburgh, Tom Rich represented. And what was great about Tom was, uh, because when you're an agent, let's just be clear, they're all filthy rich, and they pretend like they aren't. <laughs> <laughs> And and they, that's they like so much money that he had a pad in Malibu, he had a pad in New York City, and he had a pad in Pittsburgh. And he used to always tell me, I'll see you when I come back to New York. I go, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to swing through Pittsburgh for a few weeks, and I'm going out to L.A. I'm going to chill out there for a few months. You'll hear from me. I'll see you when I'm back in New York. And no one, including anyone you know, there's no one in your life that ate at better restaurants than Tom Rich. That oh. guy ate at the best, like you always are doing videos from great restaurants. You have more friends in the restaurant business than anyone I've ever met in my life. You and I eat more than, uh, like we're going to the electric chair, but yeah. I have never eaten at better restaurants than anyone that you and I and, and Tom Rich, Jesus Christ, I mean the steaks, the tomahawk steaks and bottles of wine. Oh my God, I've never left a restaurant with that guy without being gassed until I finally quit drinking. I mean, that guy made me stop drinking. He drank so much water. <laughs> it's your fault I'm an alcoholic, Big Daddy. You're the one that introduced me to his ass. Oh, uh, well, remember his, I'll tell you, his favorite restaurant in New York City was Beachy. And we would go there and it was like royalty walked in there. I've eaten with him there. Uh, so many times and the food always outstanding. Unfortunately, it's not there any longer, but uh, Fail. Uh, but uh, Del Frisco's was another spot. Then there was a Chinese restaurant that he loved that um, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it was... Uh, what was your what was your restaurant that you used to take me to with your boy that was the head chef down at the garden where we filmed the show? Was oh, great. that was... Uh, Man, it's still yeah. there. It's, it's still, still there. there. I can't remember the name right of that was the street. That and was a good spot. And you knew the head chef, and he let us film that TV show in there. I got to tell you, you know what's cool about that show? We did. Here's a here's a, a secret for you. So we did that show with Stray, right? And we took it to uh, we took it to MSG and. Um, Grilling, what was it? Grilling with Pharrell or something like this or something, something like that. No, we, grilling. we were, you know, doing something. 
Anyway, I don't even remember, but we did the pilot and Stray did it and we, we had it we had it edited. You were on it. It was the greatest show. It really was. And we took it to MSG and uh, they said no. And we were like, God damn, I can't believe they said no. And then like a year later, they started the show themselves. They like stole our idea and they did it with those uh, comedians. Like, I forget what the guy's name is. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. MSG did it for years, that dinner show they did. They stole our idea after we filmed it with Stray and you at that restaurant. Yeah. Those scumbags stole our idea and started that show where they interviewed athletes at a restaurant and um, with that funny comedian. I can't think of his name. He's hilarious, the black guy. I, I can't think of his name. Yeah, I don't I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I'll tell you, I'm going to have a, an opportunity at redemption because uh, the more and more that I've been doing TV and uh, more and more that I'm doing podcasts, I'm working on something that hopefully will be hitting the airwaves in September, and it's going to be a sports business show. And you know I'm bringing in the top of the top to make sure that we stay on top and no one takes this idea and no one steals it or no one does any changes to it. It is going to be about me and the co-host and we're going to kick ass and I can't wait to share with all of America. That's that great. I'll bet it'll be great. I mean, everything you uh, touch turns to gold. So uh, I'll support anything you're doing. I know it'll be cool. I mean, uh, just the memories of all that stuff, like going to dinner with that guy, like, there was nothing better because it, it was periodic, right? We were always all so busy and mm -hmm. we never saw each other enough and uh, life happens. And then, you know, every six months to a year, uh, Big Daddy, Tom Rich and I would go out to dinner. And, you know, it's funny. I, I called up uh, Sweet Lou, uh, our my producer, Lou Pellegrino, who was so fond of Tom. He was the only person I called uh, to tell uh, the bad news that he had passed uh, the other day, I told Lou, because Lou used to go to dinner with us, too, because Lou met. Lou is the reason you and I met. Right, but I mean, yeah. Lou loved you and loved Tom so much. Like, whenever that guy came into town, it was like we were having dinner with Jesus. I mean, it was just so <laughs> huge. It was like, oh, my God, Tom Rich is taking us to dinner. I mean, we would all get so jacked up for that moment when that phone rang and you said, it's time. Uh, and we would go out to dinner with you guys. And I mean, it was like a four hour experience. I mean, it wasn't like. Dinner. Yeah. Then, I mean, and it was like, thank God the show's upstairs. We ain't got to like go anywhere. <laughs> we just have to get on an elevator and walk a hundred yards. I can't believe he's gone. It sucks so bad because I wrote his wife and, uh, you, you know, you saw me, uh, you and I both put out some tweets and stuff and I put his picture out. That picture I put up of him, of him having a, uh, you know, uh, a screwdriver at breakfast on the beach in Malibu is just such the epitome of who he was. He had that smile on his face and it was so funny because in his career he used to let his beard go and he yeah. would just grow that beard. Oh my God, he looked like Santa Claus. But he had, uh, it was so funny because people would say, what is going on there with this scruffy old guy? And then, um, you know, Letterman did that too. Letterman rocked the, the, the Santa Claus beard after he retired and started doing stuff on Netflix. Uh, he still has that, you know, 10 foot beard. But Tom used to just let it go crazy, right? And let his hair go crazy and his beard go crazy. And people would be like, what is going on here? This guy looks homeless. Meanwhile, the guy was worth $300 million. <laughs> I I'll tell you, my fond, one of my fondest memories uh, of, with Tom, of Tom, was uh, me and Stray flew out to Lemieux's golf outing. Oh, God. And uh, it was out at the uh, owner of 84 Lumber's uh, Country Club. Nevillewood. So, yeah, it was in the middle of nowhere. I mean, like, we're like, where are we? Me and Stray are like, where are we going? Great course. So, yeah, it was beautiful. Beautiful place. But we were there just for the night. We went for the party, played the golf, and then we had a private plane take us from that was right on the course. They had a runway there. So Tom's like, as he would always say, hey, Daddy-O, 
uh, can I hitch a ride back with you guys? Yeah, come on. So uh, the three of us flew back. You know, we took off right from there. And it was funny, the runway was small compared to the size that we, we had a plane that was a little bit bigger than should have been there. But uh, that was another story for another day. It was like taking off a carrier. <laughs> we went, woo! And you would have seen the three of us. We're like, what? So, uh, and, and I think, you know, Stray got to really break down and have a conversation with Tom. I kind of you know, let them get to know each other because I know both of them well. So, you know, we uh, it was a quick hour and 20-minute flight, whatever it was, less than an hour. And, uh, and it was fun. And then when Stray started doing Fox uh, Thursday nights here in the city, Right. I brought Tom because Tom wanted to see Michael and also because Terry Bradshaw was there. Right. So you would have heard those three going, you know, talking and whatnot. I was sitting there and I was like, wow, you know, it's like there's history, more history, and futuristic history all in that one area that we were all sitting in. You know, I mean, are you kidding? Like, uh, Terry Bradshaw doesn't get enough credit. Uh, you know, four Super Bowls in, in six years, and uh, they never talk about him being one of the greats, but I always do. Uh, what he accomplished with the Steelers was unequaled by anybody. Um, you know, what they did, uh, the, the Steel Curtain Steelers was amazing. I think Bradshaw kind of gets the shaft. Lemieux's got five Stanley Cups. Two as a player, three as an owner. He saved the Penguins from uh, bankruptcy yep. uh, and from moving to Kansas City. He and Ron Burkle, the grocery magnate, you know, became good friends with. So, and then you introduced me to Sindrich as well. And Ralph's yeah. a great guy. He's been on the show a million times. But, I mean, uh, Bradshaw and Lemieux, I mean, unbelievable. Nine trophies. I mean, who are you kidding? That's just what Bradshaw won. The Steelers you know, uh, won two more, so they got six rings. So, And the Penguins have five Stanley Cups. I always tell people when the Penguins lose to the Islanders and in the playoffs every year, uh, I always remind people uh, that we have five Stanley Cups. Have a nice day. See ya. <laughs> hey, and a lot of people don't know this, but Tom, but Tom was very influential in that bringing Ron Burkle and, you know, Mario making that connection and, right. and saving the Penguins. You know, Tom was uh, behind the scenes, had a lot to do. And, uh, again, you know what? I'll miss my friend and mentor and uh, and uh, may he rest in peace up there. And and uh, he will be missed. He will be missed. Fly with the Angels, Tom. What a badass. I loved him. And, uh, and Burkle is funny. Uh, when they won the uh, Cups again, uh, you know, uh, and in uh, 08 they lost, 09 they won, 16 they won, 17 they won. So they won back-to-back -back in 91 and 92 and then 16 and 17. But after they won it in, I think it was 09, uh, I did that Tony Hawk stand-up for skate parks event. I am seated at his mansion in Beverly Hills. Yeah, his house, yeah. Right, so he used to have the event at his house. So I got to meet him and he couldn't believe that I was there because he had heard about me through Tom and through Mario. And uh, so I finally got to meet their you know, partner, uh, Mr. Burkle. And he was so cool to me. When I got home, that's the last thing I'll tell you. When I got home, like, I don't know, a month later, I, I get this uh, box in the mail and the guy sent me um, gold Stanley Cup penguin cufflinks. I mean, wow. they're so nice. Dude, they're in a safety deposit box. They're so nice and, and valuable. I won't even wear them. Uh, I almost fell over. But that's the kind of people that uh, Tom and Mario uh, and you and all these guys, uh, that, those are the kinds of people and kinds of friends you have. Guys like that that uh, do things like that for a guy like me that doesn't matter. Uh, very special people that mean a lot to me, and I've always loved all of them. And I'll miss Tom like no other. And I'm glad we got together today to talk about him and all the great fond memories. I'll never forget uh, Tom Rich. He was an absolute uh, titan and maverick and badass. And uh, he taught me so much about life 
and uh, how to enjoy life and how to live life to the fullest and to be smart and how to negotiate. Everything that guy taught me, uh, I'll take with me the rest of my day. So thanks for introducing him to me, Big Daddy. I love you. Hey, listen, you know, you do matter. You're an important guy. You're a dear friend. You're I owe you a lot of gratitude as well. And, you know, I love you back and I love 34C and the kids. And uh, I need to come out to your pool and uh, enjoy life like uh, those in lifestyles and the rich and famous. Yeah, listen, (laughs) you always had a good time at the Pharrell Aquatic Center. It uh, is a lot like, uh, for people that don't know, it's a lot like uh, the Animal Kingdom on, on TNT. Uh, the uh, show about the brothers in California that rob yeah. people and kill people. And they have that great pool in the backyard in the gazebo and uh, where they do all their dirty work. Uh, that's what my backyard uh, was like uh, for Big Daddy. He would come over, chill, go to the Pharrell Aquatic Center, barbecue, women all over him, spilling <laughs> he, like, he had rib sauce on the side of his face. Mafia yeah. passed out and they blew shaving cream all over him like it was a sexual moment. I mean, Big Daddy is nothing but trouble. Trust me, people. Nothing but trouble. <laughs> when he gets out and starts partying and getting laid, I mean, it is on. Well, hey, I'll tell you one last funny moment. I'll remember this. You'll remember this one. Do you remember Larry Fitzgerald called into the show and yeah. right away said, so, Scott, has Big Daddy ever told you about his cousins? And I'm like, I almost bit my tongue. And you're like, cousins? What does that mean? Oh, Big Daddy didn't told you about all his cousins? And you're like, no, explain, Larry. What's what, what, Big Daddy, what's he talking about? I'm like, I'm going to kill him. Like, I'm saying under my breath. And uh, he's like, come on, Daddy, tell him. How You got cousins all over the place, you know. They love Big Daddy. He loves his cousins. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna put Larry Fitzgerald on. He loves his cousins. All right. He's got one in every city. Uh, Big Daddy. (laughs) Big Daddy's like uh, big high-priced athletes like Larry. They got all that money. They gotta have some fun, and they don't want anybody to know about their fun. And Big Daddy and I know all about their fun, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. You know what? Uh, As uh, I was once told. Big Daddy, if you ever wrote a tell-all book, you'd probably be dead after it came out. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. I'm not an author. I'm not going to write a book. I always told you I'm not writing a book. Everybody wants me to write a book. And uh, if I told those stories, I'd be dead. So yeah, I know everybody's uh, dirty laundry. I am, I am going to write a book, but not that kind of book. I'm going to write a book because uh, I've, I've led an incredible journey. I've been fortunate. I've been blessed. You should be dead. I should be dead. I've survived dead, uh, death twice. And, uh, uh, well, three times. My divorce was a deadly uh, <laughs> incident. Uh, but we won't talk about that. I've moved on from all that mess. I hate those people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but anyway, there's so much. And again, Scott, thank you for taking the time out to be on my show. You know I love you to death, and you've always... Whenever I, I've been down, uh, I'll tell you, no matter what you find out that something's going on and you give me a call, I like perk up like right away because it's uh, just hearing your voice makes it happen. So, You're my dude, Big Daddy. You're my dude. Uh, Listen, uh, I got to be in Vegas, I think, uh, unfortunately, for the uh, 9th of September. I'm going out there for Canelo fight. I got to do my job, but... Uh, Listen, they don't want me at that golf tournament anyway because I hit on all the women and I eat all the shrimp and I hide all the desserts and I put, you know, desserts in my pockets and then I cheat at golf. Uh, You're allowed to. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. It's not serious. It's supposed to be for charity. So you can do, as long as it's my event, you can do whatever you want. You know that. I'll tell you what. Since I got to be in Vegas uh, uh, from the 8th to the 12th, I'll promote it while I'm in Vegas. You come on the show on Uh TV the day before it starts, and we'll pimp it up, and we'll drive the charity home as usual for North Shore and uh, everything for aneurysms. And you know I got your back. I love you, Big Daddy. Thanks for having me on the show. I finally got on your kick-ass show. I know. Hey, real quick. 
I want you to tell all our viewers and listeners where they could find you on social media because I want your world to grow even bigger. He's already got 100 million followers. I don't know if he can get any more. Uh, so you can, uh, it, uh, on Twitter, it's at Pharrell on grid and at Scott Pharrell. And I'm on, uh, the sports grid app, uh, is the easiest way to watch the show. I mean, I'm on every single, uh, OTT platform in the world, Roku slang, all of them, but I'm on TV at four to six in the afternoon and I'm on 10 to midnight on radio. Both shows are on Sirius 204. And PharrellOnTheBench.com is where people go to get my picks. But uh, at Pharrell on Grid, at Scott Pharrell, it's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. But uh, uh, you'll like it. But I don't do anything controversial on there so I don't get fired. I just kind of promote everything that's going on with the show, who's on it, guests, what I'm thinking that day. I keep it chilled and clean because uh, I got too many friends that have uh, gotten in trouble with that stuff. So I try to just be, uh, you know, uh, try to avoid the machete, Big Daddy. You know, I can't, yeah, man. can't hey. be firings. I got kids in college. I hear you. I hear you. But real quick, one thing I left out, and I and I should have corrected myself and you, we're supporting our boy Jay Glazer this year with his merging veterans and players. Instead of North Shore LIJ, we're supporting Jay Glazer and his group, and we're also supporting uh, – the Orthopedic Foundation, because those guys are the right. people that keep us moving that allow us to play sports and right. get off the IR list and get back to I it. Just played, I just played basketball uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and today, uh, two and a half hours, uh, all three days. Now I'm in atrophy, so I need to go there to get uh, my uh, brittle hips and knees and feet worked on. And I love Jay Glazer. He's another freak. What a cool dude. Everything he does in football and in MMA, training people, getting people's heads right, doing the right thing. That guy's top shelf people for sure. So anything he's doing, I'm supporting. You know, I love you, Big Daddy. Be cool, brother. Thanks for having me on. All right. Hey, listen, everyone out there from Big Daddy and Friends, make sure you follow my man, Scott Farrell. And until next time, we'll see everybody real soon. Scott, I love you, and thank you for coming on.